pickpocketed. So a $600 pension 10, 15 years ago won't buy much of anything here today. And why the millennial generation is starting to give up because they can't afford to get a, a good job or own a house. A million Venezuelans voting uh, for this assembly saying it's actually less than three. It is. And people are going to start rioting in the streets. Was reported to have asked Putin for military support that would help him stay in power. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. And ignore him. And eight more years goes by till Bernie himself finally admits to his sons, hey, I've been running a Ponzi scheme. Does its dominance mean it can use the alliance for its own ends? Since 1981, bond yields, also known as coupon rates, have just gone down and down and down. The Federal Reserve note will be your biggest financial liability. All right, we're live. It is Tuesday night, the 10th day of the month of September, and I'm happy to be back with you guys. My name is Mike, the host of RTD Live Talk, Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. And so I got a couple articles I want to share with you. I wasn't quite sure where to take this, but in scanning the news, I came up with some things that I think would be worth your time. One has to do with uh, Jamie Dimon, as you guys can tell from tonight's uh, title, preparing for ZERP, or zero interest rates, uh, in reference to the banking sector, I'm sure. Then I want to touch on the overhauling of Fannie and Freddie, and uh, just some, some very shocking news there. And then I want to also make sure I comment on the revolving door uh, of those that have been fired, resigned, or been dismissed from the White House. It looks like, you know, even though President Trump had a a TV show a couple of years back, The Apprentice, it looked like he's not uh, too shy on being able to, uh, or, or, or firing or uh, forcing people to resign for whatever reason. So, Curious to find out your thoughts on this whole Bolton situation of him, uh, I guess, resigning, being fired or whatever, you know, the, they try to give us narrative wise, but it looks like it didn't work out. So I want to find out your thoughts on that. But before we dive any further, as always, if we have any new viewers, there's a chat here. Let me know where you're watching from. Definitely I'll, I recognize, I acknowledge your presence this evening. And then there's a number, 313-462-0027. Give me a call and let's talk about uh, whatever else might be on your mind. And uh, as always, want to be short and concise, so we're going to get right to the meat, meat and potatoes of this chat after I acknowledge a few people's presence. Uh, we got Spirit, Anthony, Dennis, Scott, Paul, Jamaica, Chicago in the house. We got Faith. We got Funny Colors. Kenneth, we got Worldwide Emergency. Uh, what else? We got Jeremy from Phoenix in the building. Uh, Patriot from Jacksonville. We got Jeremy says the economy is dead. Yeah, it's looking more and more that way. Uh, Gerald uh, from St. Louis, how you doing, man? I appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, you know checking in and hanging out with your boy for this evening. And so let's get right to some of the major topics of the evening. Uh, I've talked about this before, and you know what really caught my eye is when I see a banker himself, the person who knows how this situation, how this system operates, mentioning about preparing for zero interest rates in the USA. And so we already know that, you know, ZERP and when it comes to commercial banks are, are already a policy in the European area. And so I guess now it's just a matter of time before they come here. I'm anticipating just my wild guess that if the federal reserve cuts rates, like they're anticipating on doing this month, then 
definitely by spring or summer of next year, if things continue on this current trend, we will uh, for sure be in a stimulating environment as far as Fed funds rates probably being close to being definitely, you know, below 1%. And as a follow-up to that, banking, commercial banks, uh, savers and deposits rating rates will be below that. So I'm assuming that's where the zero uh, percent comes into play. So we got Gregory from San Antonio. We got Jesse from Billy Billy Hill, California. All right, Vince says gold and silver. So worldwide, got a question off the bat. Appreciate that. It says, do you think it's pointless to pay off your debt at this point? Oh man, worldwide emergency. That is a very great question. And I actually thought about that today. And I was sitting at the dinner table eating a little meatloaf. And I got to thinking about a statement I made uh, last night that someone actually quoted me on on Twitter. And it's one of the things where I said, right now, we see emergency measures being implemented by the Federal Reserve as a way of them trying to keep this thing afloat. We have an administration that's bent on telling the people the economy's fine, but yet there's too many indicators out there to show that things are not fine. So this is all one big lie that's coming apart of the seams. And the public, the citizens, the taxpayers uh, are caught in the middle of this. So I'm thinking like, man, like this one thing to tell people, you know, let's say if I was a financial advisor, you know, if I knew the truth, it would be hard for me to, to, to continue to tell people a lie by saying, you know, hey, park your funds here, invest in this, invest in that. All based upon the premise that you know when they do that, I get a commission or or I get paid off of giving people what will turn out to be horrible advice in in my opinion. And so I'm thinking like, man, like where where is all this heading? And then I made a statement last night saying, right now is probably the time where you should get as much value out of this system while you still can. And reason I said that is because. The system is designed to to basically use you until it fails the people, which is what we're witnessing now. And so I'm thinking like, you know, to, 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 if you were wanting to combat that, you can say, okay, well, let me go ahead and milk this system for all that I can. And worldwide, not to draw on any longer, but yet to answer your question about paying back debt. And I'm thinking like, depending on where you're at, you know, depending on what type of person you are, you know, I would never tell people how, what, where to do their finances. But I'm thinking like, if I didn't have nothing to lose type of mindset, if I was one of the people like, you know, in a desperate situation where, you know, I'm like, man, I have no hope or confidence in this thing as it restructures, as it resets, as it moves on. I'm like, I could probably see myself doing some downright uh, shady stuff because the system has been shady against me or us rather. So I'm thinking like, man, like, you know, if I was a, if I was a shady character, I would just probably, you know, this is just me talking. I'm not going to do this because I, you know, there's no, for me, there's no blessing in, you know, outright sin of this nature. But I'm thinking like, if I was a shady person, I would just rack up as much debt as I could and just literally just probably just keep pace with the debt until everyone is uh, brought down by this system like, you know, whether it be foreclosed on your home or whatever it happens, whatever. I'm thinking like I would just rake up as much debt as I can and buy something, buy things of value 
and then file bankruptcy or something like that. You know what I'm saying? I've never done nothing like that. But I'm thinking like, I mean, that's how desperate people will probably become as this thing unfolds. So to answer your question, paying back debt in the midst of a collapse is not a good idea, in my opinion. And that's why I'm thinking like whatever debt you're holding on to, if it's something small and minor that could free up a little uh, disposable income at this current time frame, I personally would do that and, you know, got a little little, little knickknack stuff I'm doing on my end or stuff I just never bothered to really touch before. But I'm like, might as well just free up a little bit disposable income so that I can get my weight up a little bit more. Utilize that. And that's my way of getting the most out of the system for me. But everybody has their own way of getting that done. But I'm thinking like if you're sitting on 100000 200000 300000 something crazy, and it, whether it's in, you know, student loans or mortgage or whatever it might be, you know, when this economy goes belly up, this next downturn, I don't think it's going to be a smooth recovery. Therefore, you know, your very livelihood as far as when your next where your next paycheck may come from might be on the question. And so I also threw out this idea to people to chew on is that if you knew you were going to get fired next year at this same date, September 10th, 2020, you knew you were going to get fired on that date or around that time frame. What would you do with your paycheck, your next paycheck between now and that and that time you, you know you're going to get fired? You would do things different. So, um, A, personally, I personally wouldn't pay off debt of a large magnitude just because, you know, you're throwing away some funds that could probably be utilized to acquire assets that will probably appreciate in the long run. So that's just my opinion. Don't take my advice for it. Don't no don't 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 do me. Be better than me. <laughs> in a sense, you know. I feel bad saying that, but I'm thinking like that's how bad it can probably get for some people. So that's just that's just my thoughts. You know, forgive me if I, you know, said something dumb or stupid. But yeah, anyway. So it says Trump is either plain dumb, exposing everyone, or a puppet. Funny colors. That could be very true. And to look at this, uh, this, this, this uh, Bolton firing, I'm going to touch on that because I was actually at the computer at the time doing some video work. And when I saw that, I'm like, wow. Like, first thing came to mind when I got a news flash on my phone saying that uh, Trump fired John Bolton. I'm thinking like, man, maybe he's, you know, trying to unravel some of the quote-unquote, deep state operatives that he was kind of forced to bring onto the staff because, you know, all these people that's a part of his staff that have been in previous administrations, they're all a part of the establishment to where they were probably recommended by the people who either, A, oversee him or the people who say, hey, you put some of our people in place or we're going to make it very difficult for you this current term. So he could be, A, a part of the game or playing the game. We're going to find out as always. But when I saw John Bolton getting fired, I'm thinking like, man, like he probably could be shaking some things up because the initial statement was they have some things they didn't agree on. And I'm like, I know John Bolton from all prior experience from what I've saw and heard. He's a war mongering neocon slash you just name it. He's a guy who, you know, I'm not sure whose best interest he's operating in, but not definitely on the behalf of the U S because when it came to the Venezuela situation, you know, he just lying through his teeth. And it's, it's sad to say that no political figure at this current moment can tell the truth because if they do, they won't have a job. Uh, they won't have a job or, you know, see another day above ground. 
But it's one of the things where, you know, when I see stuff, stuff like this, I'm like, man, stuff must be really getting bad because in the boardroom or whatever, John Bolton probably said something outrageous like, let's go start a fight. Go start. Let's go bomb somebody. Let's go do something. He's like, Trump's like, hold on. We're not, you know, we're not bombing nobody right now. Hold on, John. You know, you're getting a little radical here, John. I think you need to hand in your, hand in your resignation, boss, or I'm going to fire you. Either one, you take, a, you, take, you take your pick. And so that didn't end too well. And so I'm ranting, but once again, nobody's called in, so you give me liberty to rant. And so I thought about holding a job in the White House might be might be a challenge these days. You know, Trump is not, I'm sure he's not the easiest guy to work for, and him being a CEO of everything for his entire life primarily, he has a, a boss mentality to where I would assume that, you know, he, he's probably, you know, whole, I, I don't know what type of boss he is, but I imagine He's definitely not your typical president that's an employee. All presidents, for the most part, prior to Donald Trump were employees. So being an employee, you take, you're take you used to taking orders. So, you know, you, no doubt all the prior administrations, they all took orders from somebody else. It wasn't American public, of course. But Trump, on the other hand, he might be the guy where he don't take orders as well as other people do. So that could be why he's, you know, combating with John Bolton. But I'm thinking, like, I've heard of a lot of people getting fired from the White House. So I thought I would look it up. And for those that are interested, here's a little rap sheet of all the people that's no longer employed at the White House. And this thing goes on and on and on. But it's called List of Trump Administration Dismissals and Resignations. And I mean, this thing here is loaded. It's probably someone from every department. We've got Department of Defense, Department of Commerce, Department of Energy, Department of Labor. You know, for whatever reason, whether they just didn't play ball or they pissed them off. He's like, it's time to go. And some of these people here were like employed for like a week and then they were gone. You know, so we got one category. It says, let me pull this up. It says one category says the the time they took office, the time they left office. So this person here was seven months. This is, uh, I don't even know his name. This person here was almost two years. This person here was literally two months. And so we got all these people here. This person here was not even a damn month. Or a year and a month. But anyway, but we, the list goes on and on of people who came through the White House for an interview, more than likely, or part of some bureau of the government. <laughs> and so here we have, as of last year, April 9th, John Bolton was brought on. It says, fired amid disagreements with Trump administration on Korea, Iran, and Afghanistan. So I'd imagine John Bolton, for the sake of just being a guy who loves to start trouble, he probably talked about sending troops in to all these three places to start something. So these are all the dismissals from the White House within the last two years. Every one of these people on this list have come and gone in two years. And this thing goes on and on and on. Look at this. I'm still scrolling. So you know that uh, this is a very different administration in and of itself. And it shows with the amount of uh, dismissals. So I'll put that if anybody want to find out any more about that. But once again, you know, President Trump is not that uh, ideal guy to work for or work with because he's not your typical employee-minded individual. But once again, I'm ranting on. But I want to get to the primary subject for this evening. So I'm going to check with the chat, see if anybody have any thoughts and highlighted any, any information out there. Then I'll get to my get back to my rant. Um, what else we got here? Uh, it says we are on the same page, brother. Thanks. Well, I appreciate that, my friend. It says, uh, what's your thoughts on low mintage and mini mintage silver coins or is silver just silver? 
worldwide emergency? Great question, man. Uh, at this current point, uh, in my first thought, silver, silver. Either you, either you have some or you don't, because you know, at the end of the day, it's not about where it comes from, what type of you know mint brought it forth. It's going to be a matter of whether or not you have some or you don't, because once again, everything digital and paper will be brought into question. And at that point, it's going to be a scavenger hunt for things tangible, metals, art, where all the things that the wealthy are already accumulated. And from the article I did last night about the investors already getting out of their equities, they definitely they're sitting more on cash, I believe, because there's going to be a fire sale pretty soon before the inflation aspect really ramps up and then they begin printing where cash will become a problem. So a lot of people are getting a lot of cash. So cash will be very, very useful in the near term because a lot of things are going to be on sale. But at the end of the day, once cash runs its course, then it's going to be a matter of do you have physical and whatever the size, the quantity, it doesn't matter. Only thing will matter is the, the quantity of weight and eventually, when it's time to disperse some of that into the hands of whoever, for commerce sake, the purity of it, you know, and those are things that I think people should just, you know, just get physical and sit back on the sideline and just be patient, you know, as best you can. I know that's hard, but back to my earlier statement, for those that are watching, we're witnessing monetary and fiscal chaos collide. Who's in the middle? The public. So therefore, right now, in my opinion, the best thing you can do is to add as much value into the system and then extract as much of this of your economic energy out of it into things that will be of a benefit to you down the line. And if you choose to stay in this market in any form or fashion and you are a passive investor, you put yourself at risk. You will move up the, the risk chain, you know, the John Exter's pyramid. If the higher you are at the inverted pyramid, the more risk you're taking on, the lower you are at that uh, pyramid the more, the less risky you'll be taking on because you'll be into assets that are real in and of themselves. So that's just my two thoughts. Alex Miles said, what up is, what is up with fake idea of silver being volatile? Silver is only volatile because one guy says it is and people support it. There is more need for silver than gold. And yes, gold is good too. Alex, yes, volatile. Um, yeah, and it all depends on your perspective in particular because, once again, as a part of the whole rethinking aspect or becoming familiar with the, 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 the fundamentals of, of metals in general, uh, you know, silver and gold are constants. They are constant elements of the periodic table that have been the same since God created the earth. Nothing has changed with those metals themselves apart from the association we've given them when we look to give them value in dollar terms or, or fiat currency terms. And so it's not the metals that's volatile. They're constant. They're, they don't change. An ounce is an ounce, no matter what part of the planet you're on or what century you're in. It's now a matter of how many pieces of paper will you use to acquire an ounce. So paper is volatile. And it's more so confidence driven than anything else because right now, People have confidence in the Federal Reserve notes, so it's good. But people don't have confidence in a peso. People don't have confidence in a uh, bolivar. People don't have confidence. They lose the confidence in a, in a South African rand. So, yeah, 
just my two thoughts there. But I don't really miss employee. I didn't realize that there are many Mr. Employee was power on that list, Mike. Jesse James, yes, Je uh, you know, check the list out. But definitely, you know, there's looks like close to a hundred people come and going in, on in the White House. So uh, Bolton was definitely on that list with a fresh dismissal today. And so I want to get into my to primary subject matter. Forgive me for taking us down this rabbit hole, but this is what I want to talk about tonight. Jamie Diamond says J.P. Morgan is preparing for the risk of zero rates in the U.S. And so what does that mean? We got the the head of a too-big-to-fail bank saying that they're preparing. Now, um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I'll be posting a video with Charles Hugh Smith probably, probably Thursday or Friday. But in talking with him, he was saying how the closer that the Fed, the Fed, the Fed funds rate does not set the overall price of money. It sets the price of the interbanking exchange rates. And so from there, the banks themselves then use that Fed funds rate as a measurement to then set the rates for their transact, their business of, of lending. And so if JP Morgan is concerned with zero rates or very close to zero, as far as them having to adjust their rates based upon the Fed funds rates. That means the Fed funds rates is going to be dropping. Therefore, the bank's lending rates as well as uh, interest they're going to be given will also drop as well. So that little spread there will diminish. And you can only go so far before you hit zero. So I'm assuming, without even really having read into this much, they've already strategized on how they're going to remain profitable because the bank is only in existence to charge you fees and to lend fractional reserve lending so that they can stay in business and, and make billions. So if they're concerned with that, they're already pricing in how they're going to tax you with money. And a part of the whole IMF situation, right, the paper that came out in April, what they're going to do is basically start taxing cash. So if you want cash, they're going to charge you to withdraw cash and they're going to charge you to park your cash in the bank. So that's two ways they can make money. And so my thing is, you know, knowing that that's coming, for those that are sitting on large amounts of cash, you might want to start begin preparing for the time where you're going to be taxed to get it out and taxed to keep it there. What will you do? And so I remember talking to uh, Max Kaiser, uh, you know, the little uh, meetup we had, and I asked him directly, like, you know, when as banks get closer to, you know, you know, as banks get closer to zero, you know, what, what will people do with their cash? And he is like, people should not keep cash in large amounts in banks anyway because we're entering a point where the banks will become a risk in and of themselves so he was basically saying you know only keep in there what you need for your automatic deductions and you know immediate emergency needs but anything long and strong you might want to reconsider how you keep that just because in the short term here cash will be taxed so I'll give you an idea what's going on says obviously you've got to worry about the long-term effects of low interest rates Diamond Chairman admitted that the drop in U.S. interest rates surprised him. I wonder, is that true? And I, I know he's lying because he also said that Bitcoin, you know, two years ago was a fraud and he had stay away from it. Then a couple months later, he ended up, you know, purchasing some in his European branch office. So, yeah. So this guy, he's clearly lying through his teeth. You can see right here, his teeth is kind of yellow, too. So he's knowing he's lying. <laughs> anyway, I'm just clowning. I'm just being silly. Anyway, it says, I don't think we will have zero rates in the U.S., but we're thinking about how to be prepared for it just in the normal course of right risk management. Yeah, you just can't trust these people. You just can't believe what he's saying. 
you know, he's, he's, he's talking to a reporter. Yeah. He says, the 10-year yield was 1.69 on Tuesday, down from 2.68 to start the year. It fell as low as 1.4 last month. And so as investors rushed into treasuries on the fear of global economic slowdowns, the Federal Reserve cuts rates, benchmark bonds, and major countries like Germany are trading with negative yields. So negative territory is where all this is heading. Because the last thing the banks can afford is to get away from currency and debt expansion. If they stop expanding the debt and monetary supply, there would be no central banking. <laughs> so the, I'm, I'm thinking like, man, like I'm, I'm not, I didn't go to school to study economics directly. I touched it. I didn't study it. But I'm thinking like, you know, if you, if the system is based upon debt and the only way a dollar comes into existence, is if somebody takes out a loan for $2 and that, that extra dollar is not going to become interest on that too. I'm thinking like, you know, it, it has to go negative. Like if you just look at, you know, the concept of where does debt come from? It comes from borrowing. And if people aren't borrowing, the Federal Reserve will have to drop rates and then make they begin easy. So it just seems like it's cut and dry to me. But for some reason, these guys make it very complicated. I don't think it has to be. So that's why I try to just shoot it straight to you guys and keep it simple. Yeah. Uh, Fred Flammer. Hey, Big Mike. I appreciate that love offering to the channel, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. And so let me get back into the chat. What is going on out here? Um, <laughs> Mr. O'Fang. <laughs> yeah, I never commented on the Obama's new residence out in uh, that $15 million establishment they bought. and But somebody did post a comment, I think it was on Twitter. So if you guys if you guys do not, and if you're on Twitter, make sure you guys connect with me on Twitter at Rethinking, as you guys did, at the very bottom of this uh, Rethinking the Dollar, Rethinking the Dollar, Rethinking Dollar, follow me on Twitter. And, you know, I, I post articles throughout the day there. But somebody posted and tagged me, I think, is saying how, you know, isn't it interesting how a person can come into office in any position broke and leave a millionaire? And I'm thinking about, you know, the, the Obama family. You know, I, you know, if you've been here for a while, you know where I stand. I don't really particularly care for any, any particular political figure because I know they're all bought and paid for. And that's the only way they can get to that point. And so they had to, you know, scratch the backs and get their backs scratched. But anyway, so I'm thinking like, man, like at what point do people stop believing garbage and saying like, okay, you know, this whole, I saw another article about, about uh, this current democracy concept. Democracy has failed. Democracy as a governmental form failed a long time ago. You know, it's been hijacked. So political politi politicians, man, that's why people, you know, comment, Mike, run for, run for office. I'm like, I wouldn't make it. Because I, I couldn't lie to people's face at the sake of ruining generations after me. Like, you know, they make promises to pay, but knowing that they're, well, they're not going to be in office to deliver on those promises. So I, I have a real time dealing with political figures, knowing that they they can't be truthful because they'll get fired. Like, you have to lie in that position, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's what it is, man. I don't know where that was going, but uh, negative interest rates. You mean negative interest rates. Uh Yes. If I said something wrong, forgive me. Yes. Uh, welcome to Mattress National Bank. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jackson, this is my favorite show on YouTube. I appreciate the love. Uh, somebody said something here. You should interview Mike Maloney. I've reached out to Mike Maloney. Uh, haven't, uh, heard, haven't heard from him. Haven't heard back from him. And so 
And, and here's the thing. This this is what it boils down to. This is what I realized. This is why I try to bring new voices onto the show as best I can. Because having done this for a couple years now, I've talked to all the... I've talked to a lot of people. And one thing I've realized is that no matter who I speak to, we're all ultimately saying the same thing. And it's just a matter of timing. And the longer I get into this subject matter, the more I'm like... There's not much that can really be said from anybody that I follow that I haven't commented on because, you know, for those that are new to the channel, one thing I've done is I put together RTD University. And this was an idea that came to me uh, a couple years ago. And it's like, okay, these kids nowadays go to school, take out debt, and they learn watered down information. I'm thinking like, I'm going to take all my interviews and put them on one page. And I believe if you take time to watch two or three of these interviews throughout, this is a course of five years here. And if you watch any one of these interviews, you will have more wisdom and knowledge on the subject of economics and probably personal finance eventually than most of the people who actually go to college. I've actually had you know, people who I've interviewed mentioned like, man, like, you know, there's not too many people in your, in your demographic or your age range that, that like even care about this subject matter. I'm like, that's why I have this program. I want to get to people who don't know what's going on so they can find out what's going on and become more knowledgeable. So if anybody's new to the channel, definitely make sure you go to RTD, Rethinking the Dollar for slash university. I have every person I've ever talked to listed here. People are way smarter than me and they... We all say the same thing, it's, and it's just a matter of time before you know there has to be a reset or a, a reboot or something like that. And so with Mike Maloney, you know Mike Maloney's a great guy, but you know you take away Mike Maloney's uh, those little cartoon type things, Mike Maloney wouldn't be as popular as he is because he's been saying the same thing that everybody else has been saying: get gold, get silver, be patient. You know what I'm saying? That's what it boils out to: get gold, get silver, be patient. Now, you know, human emotion doesn't allow people to just be patient because everyone wants to, you know, either if it's a hurry up or to, you know, be delayed even more. So you can, you know, have that greediness inside of you where you're like, I got to get more silver, I got to get more. But in actuality, I think, you know, this is me ranting again because nobody's called in. But I think, as I mentioned before, because a very small portion of the population on this planet has real money, it won't take much real money, in my opinion, to position you or to keep or to preserve what you currently have, whether you got crumbs or you have whether you have a lot, you know, in this next system, because, you know, you're up against a, a population that don't even know what silver is, don't know what gold is, you know. So, yeah, that's one of the things where um, Mike Malone, Malone has educated me about the Fed. Rezo, and the, yeah. So, yeah, see, dog, definitely Mike Maloney. Those videos is what has done it. Like, you know, his hidden secrets of money. Is where it's at. Mike Maloney is the man for that, definitely. Like so, I no 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 disrespect at all on that one. Um, and so it says Mike Maloney got on the crypto bandwagon, low blood pressure. <laughs> and so I don't think that he's got on the bandwagon. And so here's here's another little tidbit on cryptocurrencies. You know, cryptocurrencies or digital blockchain technology has been spiced up, spoofed up, and given to us, repackaged and given to us. On, by design as a another escape gate out of this dying system. And so it's a part of the next equation. So you're going to use it whether you want to or not. 
because it's going to be a part of the next system, hands down. So I'm thinking like if you know you're going to be forced to use it, why not just, you know, get educated on it now? You know, find a project or two that, that sounds, you know, like it has promise according to what you might be interested in. And, you know, in my opinion, throw a couple crumbs at it. You know, throw a couple pennies at it. You know, the worst thing could happen, you lose your pennies. But if it's something you can afford to lose, you know, you can consider it a speculative investment. But yet, if it happens to catch some headway and doubles, triples, flips, fourths, fifths, whatever, you will be a happy camper. And it's the same amount of risk as it is and for the, for the same amount of risk as people are going to experience when you're, you're holding a national currency that uh, will be inflated away. It's the same level of risk of losing what you, what you probably have, you know, what you probably won't be able to afford to lose. You're going to lose it by default because that's the way the system is going to head anyway. So, you know, that's just my opinion. I'm going to leave it alone. I am not an advocate. I don't promote. I don't have anybody on my show promoting anything in the form of a coin, but I do support projects I believe in. So if someone's trying to call in, I apologize. You know, call me back. I'll get you on here. So Jack, it says, how much monetary allocation to, to you apply personally to metals and how much for fiat cash? Jack, very good question. Once again, I focus on the education piece and I do it in a sense of just giving, sharing wisdom. I don't really talk about my own personal situation because it's irrelevant because everybody's watching this is different. So what I do say, the, the model for the channel has become, let me find this, this little, this little sign right here, this little thing right here, get your weight up. And so I, that's, where, like, that's where I leave it at. And so I'm not a man of extreme means. You know, I, I got a, some crumbs, you know, so I keep it, I got crumbs, you know. But in my mindset, all it takes is crumbs positioned correctly and the things that will be more of a monetary sponge as all this liquidity begins uh, hitting the hitting the hitting the, uh, the, the 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 streets pretty soon to take you know a dollar and turn it into two dollars you know that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at so yeah weight at the end of the day will be the distinction between those who have and those who do not have so we have a call looking forward to finding out what's going on hello caller what's your name we calling from. Uh, hold on one second. Make sure I got somebody on here. Powering on. Oops. Welcome to All Tech Lansing. All right. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where you calling from? What? Well, do me a favor. Uh, the volume is low. Can you? Can you hear me now? I, I can hear you a little bit better. Go ahead. Yeah, I got you. Alright, um now when this when 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 the actual dollar collapses or whatever, or when the next economic uh depression comes about, we're gonna be removed from reserve currency, right? Uh Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. And um but Right, but what's going to prevent the, the same people that got us into this mess? What's going to prevent them from actually taking over again? What's going to, what's going to stop them from uh, 
from basically assuming the reins of power again, you know what I'm saying? And basically <laughs> yeah. doing the same thing over with whatever our new currency is going to be. Right, right. Hey, that, that's a great question. And that's one of the things where... I take it off air, man. I take it off air, man. All right, I appreciate you. Yeah, that's a great question. And that is what... That's what I, that's what I really think this current situation we're in, where it can be a... This is... So we're, we're approaching a shift in the world economic power. China, Russia, they're all... You know, they, they've already getting ready to roll out that next monetary system... And I think that's kind of where we're at. We're on the fence now as to trying to figure out who's going to lead the next monetary world order. And already the the, the, the the elite, the deep state, whatever we call them, they knew this time was coming. So I'm of the mindset they have something in play to be rolled out. And I think cryptocurrencies happen to be a part of that plan. And so it's a matter of whether it's going to be centralized in the form of the Federal Reserve or the central banks doing it, or if they give the public the illusion of a decentralized nature to get us out of paper, to get us out of the things of old, so that then they can roll us into something centralized in the form of a central bank or government-issued coin. Because no matter what, the governments and central banks to me are all bought and paid for individuals. They are a part of a bigger plan that's, that's designed to suppress the people. So, with that being the case, it's more than likely that the powers that be will have that same power in presenting us a small window of opportunity to either profit, take advantage of through metal, gold, silver, crypto, whatever it might be. But then we're ultimately going to go back into a centrally controlled system. And the reason I would say that, whether it be 10 years, 20 years, I don't, I don't know. But once again, I like to refer to the Bible as a good model of how to gauge things and According to what's happening in Revelations, we're all going to be under one world, one government system anyway. That's going to happen. Now, whether it's in our lifetime or not, I don't know. But we will be back under central control again. But it's going to be even less control. It's going to be even brought down even closer to a one world situation. Now, when, how, what, where, I don't know. But no matter what, whatever this transition is going to be, there might be a small window for people to take advantage of to get a little bit of wealth out and to live a little bit more comfortable for the meantime. But it's going to be brought back into a centrally controlled one world government type of thing. So that's coming regardless. So whether you're a person of faith or not, if you if you believe, if you look at historical aspects of what the Bible has taught us and what it's taught us about the future, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the boat that we're going to head down that way to one world government. So that's where this is heading. So hope that answers your question. And so that's where it's important from a spiritual standpoint to you know for your faith. You know what are you believing in? What's your faith in? Because you know, we're witnessing the the collision of or the end of a governmental structure. Democracy, as I was hinting at earlier, is failing the people because democracy is advertises the people being able to vote in political figures. But when the political figures are already bought and paid for, you can vote in either party. It doesn't matter. They're of the same mindset. And so, you know, I can go off the cuff with this, but I'm going to keep it simple. You know, and that's why I really appreciate certain messages from the Bible when it refers to the kingdom of God. And how God has strategically placed, uh, you know, his spirit here to give us wisdom in, in, in time of need. So I'm going to de- depend upon that and let that go. So, you know, that's it. <laughs> and so he says, hey, Mike, I know the I know the see earlier signs of what's upon us. However, what signs do you think will appear to show us that we are super freaking close to the shift in the monetary system? 
Ooh, worldwide emergency. Man, you be throwing out some really good questions, boss. I appreciate that. Uh, get me to thinking. Signs, 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 signs. Man, first thing come to mind, signs are already present. Um, I, what, I, what I think is most interesting is that the signs that are present are good indicators based upon prior history, but now things are seeming, seem to be sped up and then it seem to be more interconnected. And if I use just the word recession, there you know, there a good chunk of there's a hundred and hundred ninety something countries or something. I don't know how many countries on this planet, but if we were to actually hone into on their economic conditions, I would imagine a good portion of those countries are already in a economic slowdown or recession. And so the signs of the world shifting is already underway because debt has ran its course. So to me, the shift is occurring now, but it's it's happening under the surface to where we're just seeing the tremors on top. But this thing is already, in my opinion, ready to pop. And so it's boiling down to what what can the central banks pull off last? What kind of tricks can they pull out their hat last before the, the, the jig is up and everybody knows that this is all one big uh, game and we're not going to win. We were It wasn't designed for us to win. So long story short, signs are present. The tremors are very obvious for those that are aware. The problem is a very small portion of the population <laughs> are the ones that are aware. The rest of the world is still asleep with that cognitive bias, biasness of like, oh, it can never happen to me or it can never happen again. But it's already happening. <laughs> In my in my humble opinion, and so we got more questions coming in here. Highlight at rethinking now so it stands out. It says, Mike, when is your prediction of this collapse before sex uh, elections or after, or before presidential elections or after? But will it be in depressions in the nineteen twenties, Jumi? Um, uh, you know, I, you know, I've never gotten the time. I just, you know, I, I feel comfortable knowing it's coming in regards to, you know, being able to say it's coming rather than not feel comfortable, being able to say it's coming. And like I mentioned before, things are already present. Now it's just a matter of what's going to be given to us as an alternative when things hit the fan. So with that being the case, uh, before election, after election, I don't know. Um, I know and I feel confident that between 2020 and 2030, we're going to find out and we'll have something new or newer rather. And so I'm, I'm just going up on the next 10 years. I'll be very surprised if they can pull more tricks out of the hat or more tools out of the kit that doesn't contain debt expansion and cash, you know, debasement. You know, like what, what else can they do when their primary, I'm talking about Federal Reserve, when their primary product is a debt instrument that, you know, is a problem in of itself. So not sure what else they can pull out, but I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I hope to be around to see it. What else is going on? Question. It says uh, we need blockchain and trustless decentralized power to con- con- uh, for confidence to return. No country or government can be trusted. Now, democracy does not exist. Now, voting ID needs to be on the blockchain. Yeah, Dark Horse. I do agree. Ryan. It says, do you think the hyperinflation will be as fast as Venezuela, or will it take over t- play out over 20, 10 to twenty years? Uh good, great question. I, I think because. This will be the first time in history where it'll be a global event of hyperinflation. And so we're going to witness all the smaller governments inflate away their currencies first, which will give the dollar a little bit of lifeline. 
And then as a last response, remind you, if you look at all this system as a one complicated domino, like a domino, like, you know how you put, like, you know, you see those videos where people put dominoes all on the chairs, around the couch, around the house, a big maze of dominoes. That's our monetary system at this current point. And so let me see. I got to find this out real quick. And then I can better, uh, I can better better elaborate on this. So I just looked up how many countries are there. There's 195 countries. So imagine 195 dominoes strategically placed in a very complicated manner, going wherever. So already, some of those dominoes have fallen to the left, to the right. You know, the, you know the order is all jacked up. And so out of all those dominoes, as this thing picks up momentum, like these dominoes could be falling in slow motion where it's one domino. It's not the it's not going to be that that type of thing. It's going to be yeah, every now and then one fall out of the line, might get a little shake. But yet, when all the dominoes fall, we're the last one. The United States of America will be the last domino. And so between whatever we're at in our chain of dominoes falling, whether it be in the beginning or it hasn't started officially yet, we're the last one. So we get a chance. So if you're paying attention, you get a chance to see all those dominoes coming your way. Now, as you're witnessing these dominoes fall, if you stand there in shock and like and just caught like in like a deer in the headlights, like, is it coming this way? Like, well, if it's in alignment, it's coming this way. And if you don't move out the way, do something different, or as I said at the very beginning of this, if you don't extract as much value out of the system as you can for your own personal benefit, then you're gonna be a victim that falls over. And so, um, yeah, that's just my two thoughts there. But that uh, example there uh, is probably one of my better examples of how this thing is coming down. Now, speed is going to be the issue, but yet they are coming down. We're going to be the last one. Richard B. said, the question is, at which point does having an inkling that your safety box may contain precious metals? At which point does having an inkling that your... Uh, uh, Richard B. I'm not sure. Inkling. Uh, I did a video a couple about a month ago about how safety deposit boxes, how a bank, a, a really big bank, sent out a letter saying you got 30 days to make sure you don't have anything of value in your box or you could lose it. So letters are already going out. So um, safety deposit box will not be a place you would probably want to have something that you value in it, unless it's like you know, like a just paper. It's of no value to you. But we're going to take the last question for the day and then call it in. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Going once? Going twice? All righty. Nobody there. Well, that being the case, man, we're going to get ready to dial back. Um, I appreciate everybody taking time to hang out with me this afternoon, this evening, rather. Um, if you've enjoyed the back and forth, if you got a little bit of something out of this, if I just didn't bore you to death with my rants, I apologize. I, I'm getting a little bit, I'm getting older. And as I get older, <laughs> I tend to just ramble at the mouth. And, uh, you know, I call it wisdom. I'm not sure what you guys call it, but, you know, you're still hanging in there with me, so I appreciate you. So, as always, if you enjoyed the back and forth, don't be afraid to donate to the channel. All, all I need is a simple thumbs up. Or thumbs down, whichever you prefer. Show some support. And then as always, RTD Gold Team. If you want to get your weight up, automate it. The Gold Team. We got the silver coin still. If and I'm, What I would like, for those that have gained the most value out of it, consider becoming a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash RTD. 
and become a monthly contributor to the channel. I promise you your funds will not go to waste because it'll help me become uh, a little bit more, free up a little bit more time to become more creative and give better content. So um, about to dial back. I appreciate everybody hanging out. As always, it's been fun uh, hanging out. And uh, unfortunately, the news isn't always the best, but yet people need to hear this. As always, share this video. You know, if you guys enjoy it and not, and not ashamed of it, put it out there to your family and friends. Give them something to chew on. Have them prove me wrong and come back and, you know, and get at me with it. And I would love to, you know, you know, take a, take a beating if I need to. But anyway, be the best. Be the best you can. Stay prayed up. Be safe. And more importantly, get your weight up. Be safe.